Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Hey, the theme for this month is titled The Altar, referring to the altar of God, a sacred and raised place where sacrifices are offered. And the, the focus, the focus has been and is on transformational change. During the first two uh, Sundays, Pastor Justin and Pastor Christian have already told us the key thing is to keep returning to the order of God and allowing him to continually do a work in us. Church, come on. That sounds so simple, doesn't it? All we have to do is come to the order daily and sacrifice and submit and surrender. What could be easier than that? That's it. The theme is the order, the focus is personal transformation, and the solution is sacrifice, submit, and surrender. You've got it, yeah? You've got it? You've got it. Anyway, good. My work's done. Now let's enjoy the rest of the day. There's a thing down in the street, so think. Wait, sorry. Wait a second. What's, what's that? Did you hear that? What's that, Lord? What's that? There is some resistance in the house. Oh, Lord. Lord, no. Tell me who it is, Lord. Tell me who it is. Point them out, Lord. Point them out and may the wrath, your full wrath, fall upon them right in front of our eyes. No, what's that? Sorry? Lord, what, what's that? Yes. Oh. Are you hearing this, church? Not just one person resists. Yeah. Really, God, there's more than one? Come on. Is it a couple? Oh, no, no, no. No, no. Seriously, Lord, no. No, no please. All of us. We say we want to change. I certainly do. I know who I am. I need to change. We all need to change. We want to become transformed. We want to become Christ-like. How, how, how would a day be if at the end of the day, just as you're falling asleep, you just had that thought, I thank you, God, for being exactly like you the whole day for <laughs> I've never experienced that. It's more like that uh, old, or the Rolling Stones, old saying, You know what it is, eh? Oh, no. Okay, well, never do that again. <laughs> if it were so easy, we'd all be graduates, wouldn't we? We'd all have a degree, a master's degree of spiritual maturity. Like this cup. Man, that was a good message. Thank you. You didn't have the ballpark. So how do we fix this? And more importantly, is there a matter of urgency? How do we fix this today? What do we need to do to be different? And what should we seek? Some of us come every Sunday seeking to satisfy our Christian appetite and then leave being motivated and seemingly filled. Then comes Monday and things have started to cool. And by Wednesday, we've lost any sense of the beautiful, wisdom-filled message we heard just a few days ago. Why? Why is that the experience for so many of us? Clearly, it's not just a lack of knowledge. We get fed crucial information each week. The quality of the messages in this church 
are continually high. All those today might be an exception. But equally clear, <laughs> equally clear is the reality that even though we almost always leave motivated, we don't always leave internally changed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Motivation's not a bad thing. It's just incomplete. And it's temporary. <coughs> motivation is the process of giving reason to something. And you know it's motivation. Because motivation only lasts a few days. Alternatively, inspiration is the force that makes you want to do something. And do it today. And then do it tomorrow. And the next day. And every other day after that. Because you don't need motivation. You've been internally aspired. You've got it. Yeah. It's on your heart. Yeah. It's gone from your head to your heart. You don't have thoughts of rejection. You don't have thoughts of debate. You don't have thoughts of doubt. You don't have thoughts of should I, shouldn't I, will I, won't I. No, no. It's just in Come your on. heart now. It's your heart leading your head. It's your heart leading your body. It's your heart speaking declarations every moment of every day that make you achieve that which God has purpose for you to achieve. Our motivation can come, of course, from just listening to a sermon or a Christian podcast. I mean, plenty of us do that these days. But as Christians, our inspiration, that lifelong inspiration of all desire can only come from an increased level of intimacy. Thank you. Please. That, 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 that intimacy, that, that, that intimacy that is such an experience that, man, we just want it every day, don't we? Don't we need it? Isn't that the bread of life? When we get that close to God that we just know, that we know we're loved and we're treasured, yeah. and that is, we honour him, that he honours us. Yeah. Man, who, who doesn't want that? I yeah, want it every day, come on. Yeah. To achieve such intimacy, I believe we occasionally need a rhema word from God. Yeah. You know, I've met a few non-believing theologians, and, and they can write and talk about the Logos word of God, that is the written word of God, the Holy Bible. Still, they, they cannot write or speak with any insight or authority about the rain word because they just have not experienced it. The often spoken words of Christian are, and I hear this all over the place, and it's so true and it's so right and it's so right to be declared, that one genuine moment in the presence of God will change you forever. <coughs> wow. Just one moment. And only in God's presence will we, will we ever hear a rainbow word. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? In case anyone's brand new and you've never heard the word before, we, we, we've got the written word of God, Bible. It's um, carried around in our pockets these days. It's, it's still in print form. Good thing for publishers. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's the written word of God. It's what... It's what we can go to. It's, it's, it's our guide. It's our daily bread. It's our... But because we enter into such a personal, unique and close relationship of our Father and our Saviour and the Holy Spirit, we, we need more. Yeah. We need what's between the lines of print. Yeah, yeah, we need that rhema word. We need an explanation that's relevant to us in our season yeah, and in our circumstances. Again, I ask, what needs to be different? What should we see? Let's look at what the word says, the Logos word says. 
in Romans 12 and verse 2. Now, this is a verse a little bit like Christian was saying just a little while about. We all know so many scriptures. We all know. And sometimes we know them and they've gone into our memory bank and we can quote them. But they haven't lately gone down here. Yeah. So let's look at this scripture. Let's, in fact, let's read this together. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. I need some voices. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you got it. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This Man, you guys are good. Fantastic. <laughs> You know, that scripture, if you look at it, you'll see very clearly that there's both a principle of God and a promise of God. Let's, let's consider the purpose of that verse's first part. What does it reveal? What is God wanting us to realize when we look at the first sentence? The first part is the principle of God, or a principle of God. The purpose is what? To change us, to change what we think and what we do. And you know, all of God's principles are good for us. Yes. Yeah. You know, religion would often make us believe that all of God's principles are great for him, but kind of suck for us because there are a bunch of rules that we can't always follow. Yeah, that's true. That is so not right. Yeah. We can. God's not so unjust that he would have a purpose for us that we can't achieve. Yeah. We can do this. They're good for us. His principles are good for us. We need to remember that we are created in the image of God. We're Christ-like. We we're, were designed, purposed, and empowered in the likeness of God. That's good news. Firstly, as God's beloved children, he wants us to be um, uh, capable of and, and, and to, in fact, to develop and to, to mature a mindset that's different than the mindset of a non-believer. Yeah. Let's look at three critical words that come out of that. The word transform, to change in character or condition, simply means to convert, doesn't it? Really? So if we look at convert, to bring over from one belief view or party to another. And surrender to give yourself up into the power of another. These three actions transform, convert, and surrender are God's requirements for intimacy. Oh, that's not saying He'll never visit you. That's not saying you can't go and talk to God. We, we, we don't have to get to that level of maturity before we can talk to God. We don't have to get to that level of maturity before God will answer our prayers. We don't have to get to that level of maturity before we don't even see miracles. But to get to that point of intimacy, that point where the two become one. You know, one, I'm going to do. Is that what we want? We want to be one with God? Yeah. God God says in the Old Testament that where there's unity, God commands a blessing. So I come wanting to be blessed. But sometimes I'm not in total agreement with God. 
Sometimes I'm struggling with something that he's told me to do or you know, something that he's asked me to correct. And I find it hard. I sue. <laughs> but these are the things that he wants for us. But why does he want them? Because he wants us to reign in life. Not to exist. Not to survive. Not to have the occasional good time. But to reign in life. The second part of the verse is the promise. It's about the promise. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I think we should focus on that last bit. It's good and pleasing and perfect. Those three words I think are important. They're essential for us to actually believe. To get to intimacy, we need to believe that his will for us is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will for you is good for you. God's purpose, sorry, God's will for you will be pleasing to you. And God's will for you will prove to be perfect for you. So I I, I just think there are some reasonable questions that we should be asking ourselves now. Okay, this is not just for me, it's for all of us. We must rediscover some facts and reconsider some truths that we must take hold of. Concerning 12.2, Romans 12.2, that first question we should ask should be what? Well, I think it should be this. Who is it that is asking you to be transformed into a new person by changing the way you think? The answer, of course, is right there before us. It's God. But which God? Come on. Who's been to India lately? 330 million? But which God? Well, we know that it's the one and only Holy God, our God. Some of you might remember last November I spoke on seven aspects of God, but today I'm just going to major in the first one, the perfection of God. The perfection of God. No other God can claim to be perfect. The perfection of God. Why major on it? Because it's the cornerstone aspect. The perfection of God. Man, it's important. You know, people of other faiths may follow or worship their God. But nothing, no person, no creature, no being, no myth, no anything, or anyone can compare to our God. Why? Why do we say that? Why is that question often raised? And why do people like me get accused of the following when they say, what is so special about the God that you so arrogantly say is so superior to exclude the possibility of any authenticity of the deity of any other God? Well, the answer to that question comprises only two words. The truth. It's the truth. The truth is the difference. The truth is found in the perfection of God. God is not a man that he should lie. Who knows where that comes from? Old Testament, a few books in. Number to do with school subjects. Not English, not science. Numbers. Thank you. God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son man that he should need to repent. Has he said and will he not do? Has he spoken? And will it not be made good? Fancy having 
walk through your whole life. Let, let's just say that we're all in our late 90s now. And, 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 and we're all, you know, we've had a fabulous life, but there is, there is a possibility that we might not be around for another two decades. So, so wouldn't it be just absolutely amazing to have a life where you've had so many social and formal contracts in your life and not one of them have ever been broken? You see, that's the life of a Christian, to have a contract never broken with God. We may break some of the contracts that we signed off on, but God has never and will never, and is not even capable of. Yeah. No other God can part the Red Sea. No other God can raise the dead. Power is just one component of the perfection of our God. No other God has ever or can ever prove the desire he has daily to be intimate with us. Come on. No other God claims that we are the righteousness of God. Yeah. Man, I see a lot of people in other faiths worshipping a God, but I don't hear much about the God honouring them, seeking them. There's something very different about our God. It's called the truth. Let's return to the theme, which is to come to the altar daily and sacrifice, submit, and surrender. Why? Why would we do that? Because of the value of the exchange. That's why. It's the value of what we exchange and compared to the value of what we receive. What are, we, what are we taking to the altar? And, and what is the actual value of what we take? Often we take our wants. I want this. I want that. And I want it now. But how regularly do we discover that what we wanted and have since achieved leaves us wondering why we so passionately wanted it? Because the reality of having it is nowhere near what our expectations were. Man, I've bought some cars over the years. To my family's poor position. <laughs> I remember waiting for, for, like, how long did I wait for that? I think it was a Commodore, uh, what was it, a Walkinshaw Commodore in 1988. I didn't get it until 1989. But, uh, man, I dreamt of that every day. I dreamt of driving it. I dreamt of the sound of it. I dreamt of the gear change, the, the pressure on the, the throttle, and, and how you could you know, just move so seamlessly from brake to throttle, sometimes even together in the one apex of one. Man, I was so into that. The thing fell apart with you two years. It had, I think it had. I think it had something like seventeen pieces of plastic on it. And you know, because you're always screwing them back on. Come on now. That's the reality, but isn't it? The expectations don't live up to the passion of what. Now compare that to the immeasurable rich ex or richer experience of receiving that which our Heavenly Father desires of us. Because He is the perfection. Because He is. Because of the perfection of God. The plans He has for us are also perfect. He exchanges our flawed and enemy-inspired plans for His perfect plans. In the world, giving miraculity giving mediocrity and, uh, and, and enemy-inspired plans for his perfect plans just seems 
crazy, doesn't it? It's, 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 it's not a win-win, it's a win-lose. We win, others lose. In a contract like that, where I'm giving something of not much value, but I'm receiving something of amazing worth, that's not a win-win. Church, in kingdom economy, the economics of the kingdom, of our perfect God, we always win. But he always wins too. That's the contractual agreement that he wants for us. For us to win. And he delivers. But for him to win too. Because that's his purpose. To be in relationship with us, without his creation. Yeah. We give a sacrifice that we thought had some sort of practical necessity when we grabbed onto it. But in exchange, we receive us for something of overwhelmingly rich, eternal value. Come on, church, right there was a rainbow word for you. Come on, doesn't that deserve an amen, church? So let's now consider the requirement of submission. To, to my human understanding, submission is giving away my estimation of my importance and submitting to the importance of another authority or another person, the other being. This humanity in me shouts, that's not right. At least it's not right until I consider our Lord Jesus. What did he submit to? Yeah. Yeah. He submitted to the perfect plan of his Father, our Heavenly Father, a plan that saw him exchange the excellent experience of being worshipped in the throne room of heaven for the often humiliating and painful experience of rejection, betrayal, and suffering here on earth. Yeah, that's true. The difference between Jesus and me, the difference between Jesus and you, is Jesus could see the future precisely and perfectly. Usually, we seem to focus on the self-perceived value of our current importance. If we could see the value of the submission exchange, we would run to the altar without hesitation. Finally, let's take a minute to ponder the act of surrendering. Again, my humanity shouts, don't do it. Don't yield your self-control to someone else's authority. Don't give up on what you want only to become the slave of another. The world tells me not to surrender any of my rights. So church, for me, the question becomes, who has a track record of being a better controller? Me or my God? My perfect God? When you, when you, yeah, when you're considering yourselves, some of you might come to a different conclusion. Perhaps you've done brilliantly in every decision, every decision that you've ever made. Perhaps you have, by your actions and achievements, fulfilled every ambition, experienced every potential satisfaction. Yet even so, without Jesus being your Lord and Savior, your rescue and your restorer, you'll never have that unforgettable moment of hearing your Creator say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because, because, because we surrendered. We surrendered to what was better. The better decision maker. The best decision maker. I've written a chapter in a book on decision making. Let me tell you, that 
doesn't compare in any way to what I see of the consistency and the quality of the decisions that God makes in his word and in my life yeah. and in the lives of those who I love and care for. Yeah. Alternatively, we can just simply respond to God's word this morning. Respond to the sense that is that this right now, this is your moment. That this is your time. That this is your destiny. To either come to the altar for the first time or to return to the altar for the first time in your life. Come sacrifice your wants, your hurts, your disappointments, your frustrations, your doubts, sometimes even your anger. And certainly your empty goals. In exchange for all that our perfect God wants to and is willing to pour out into you today. Come submit your estimation, your estimation of your importance in exchange for the real and eternal sovereignty, majesty, and loving grace of our perfect God. And finally, I'm here to declare that today, I'm here to declare success is found in the degree of your surrender. Because surrender succeeds. True. Come surrender to the perfection of God. Some come surrender to the purpose of God. Come surrender to the personality of God. Come surrender to the plans of God. Some come surrender to the principles of God. Come surrender to the practices of God. And come surrender to the promises of God. I don't know about you, but my bank's not filled with the promises of God yet. And I know that intimacy is the key. Yeah. I know the altar yeah. is such an important place. Come today, June 18, 2023. Come, come to the altar today. In fact, let's start clearing out some chairs because I think we're going to need it. Come on, a couple of, two, three rows. Let's, let's, let's be open to God today. <coughs> Let's see what God has for you. And, and listen, I, I know I've sat there, I'll tell you what, sitting in the front row and hearing someone preach this when you've been in church, or you might be even leading a church, or you might, you're in a, a connection group, you're, you're, you're a steady witnesser, you're, you're, solid in your work, you're solid in your walk. I, I know that you've heard these messages before. But today is different. Because today has never been and will never be again. So let today be your day. Let this be your reward. Let this prove to be your destiny. Church, we have an amazing God. He's so in love with you. He's so passionately in love with you. He so wants to be intimate with you right now. It doesn't matter. How long you've walked with him, it doesn't matter. What position you have in the house of God, it doesn't matter. What you did last week, what you even did on the way here this morning. He's not interested in performance right now. He's interested in a heart surrendering right now. Coming to the altar and saying, I'm yours, Lord. Do whatever. Whatever it takes. 
Lord, I do not fear you because I know your plans are perfect for me. Your love is perfect for me. Your desires are perfect for me. Your plans. Come on. Come on, church. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.